following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Hailing from the Pro Wrestling Tees headquarters in Chicago, Illinois, they are your hosts of the PWT cast, Scrub and Stank! Bang, bang, what is up, you guys? Welcome to episode 47 of the PWT cast. My name is Scrump. And this is Stank. Stank, happy Father's Day. Thank you, sir. Yeah. It's been, uh, been a nice... Easy breezy day for me. Yeah, you mentioned to me earlier, and I actually uh, just I saw your wife, uh, the wonderful Annie. She posted uh, some pictures. Uh, how have you been celebrating your Father's Day? Well, I I, I started the celebration early uh, last night. So, for those of you that play video games, The Last of Us Two came out, and uh, Annie was like, you know, sometimes I like to go to bed early with Annie because she likes to sleep early. She's like. Go play your video game. I was like, sweet. So I'm playing it, and, you know, it's a very deep story. And I look up, and it's 2 o'clock. I was like, oh, I should really be getting to sleep. And I look up again, it's 3 o'clock. <laughs> and then it's 4 o'clock. And I was like, all right, after this next cutscene, definitely going to sleep. And I looked, and, like, I could see in between the blinds that there was blue daylight. And so uh, <laughs> I was like... Oh man, this is this is horrible. I'm gonna be sleeping in for Father's Day, so I went to sleep. Well, woke up on time. Had they made me a nice breakfast, got lots of gifts, lots of love, and we did some barbecuing. And they pretty much left me alone to play The Last of Us all day today too. So it's been pretty, pretty solid. See, I can very much relate with uh, that feeling of oh, just one more, and then before you know it, you are uh, you've been up all night uh, watching television or playing video games. Um, specifically with me, I, I've mentioned to everyone, and I think I even, we talk about a little bit in this week's episode, I've been binging, uh, the leftovers and it happened to me yesterday where I'm, I'm glad that where I live, there's, uh, no direct access to outside sunlight. It's very weird living situation. Um, but I won the binging through like, and they're hour long episodes. I won the binging through about three of them yesterday. Whoa. Yeah, and it wasn't until, because um, I, I left my phone in my room to, to charge. It wasn't until I was just like, man, I, I got to go pee. And I got up to go pee, and then I grabbed my phone, and I was like, huh, guess I'm going to bed. So I, I got very little sleep today. Um, but, yeah, it's Father's Day. I, I was over. I was spending some time with my uncle. Yeah, you know, I, I, I believe I mentioned my uncle in last week's episode, maybe even two weeks ago now. Um, but he's a, he's a huge fan of wrestling. I mean, when he was into wrestling, he was a huge fan, uh, specifically Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio. And so WWE shop, they were selling this like commemorative Eddie Guerrero, like bootleg crate, I guess is what you would call it. It's like, it was, you know, they, they very much took their inspiration from another crate company that I know. Yeah. Uh, and it's specifically because, uh, so my uncle, he had mentioned to me he had this red Rey Mysterio mask that he loved. He let my bar my brother borrow it, and you know, kids being kids, he fucking wrecked. With yeah. yeah. So I was trying to buy that for him, but it's a lot fucking harder to find a replica Rey Mysterio mask than one would figure. You know? Yeah, like a good one. Yeah. Listen, there was a lot of excellent quality Ray Phoenix, Pentagons, Kalistos, tons of those out there. Couldn't couldn't find Ray, so I was yeah. like, oh, "Fuck!" So what do I do? And then um, 
friend of the show, Stupid Michael, he sent me a link for, you know, it said uh, bootleg crate and uh, I purchased it. It's pretty, it's, it's pretty fucking cool. Some of the things that come in there, I'm not going to lie. Uh, yeah. my favorite of favorite of everything in there is, uh, you remember Eddie Guerrero used to have like the, the fuzzy dice on all his, his low yeah. riders. The low, yeah. There's some of those that like say like cheat and stuff, I believe on them, which I got to put in my car. Uh, I came with like a bootleg Eddie Guerrero micro brawler, which <sighs> listen, I, make a micro listen, I, I'm aware for those of you who are like, I'm aware that we didn't fucking invent the vinyl toy, the vinyl figure, you know, and there are different similarities, but, uh, boy, are there very much different similarities, but it was some fun stuff in there. And so I gifted him that, uh, along with like a, a gift, a gift card and, you know, a nice father's day card for my uncle. He, he doesn't have any actual kids by choice. And, but he's always been like, there for me and my siblings so he's always been like a second dad to me so i wanted to you know do something special for him and i was over there with him for most of the day i i also managed to i told you uh raid a gamestop i was i randomly encountered a gamestop that was closing and if there wasn't already enough useless shit in this studio boy did i go ahead and buy some more uh because yeah taking it to the next level. oh yeah like there's so much stuff. Like everything was, I think things were up to like 40% off and a lot of the really, really good shit had already been taken, but I, uh, I managed to, to snag a few cool items here and there. Um, but yeah, that was my Sunday. Uh, really quick though, before we, uh, kind of get to, to more of this week's episode, I wanted to give a special shout out to, uh, some more people who have purchased the PWT casts for everyone t-shirt. Um, for those of you unaware, uh, Dave and I, we, we came up with the idea of, uh, let's put together a shirt, uh, in celebration of pride month and we would, uh, match 300% of the donations, which essentially means whatever profit we make, uh, from that t-shirt, Dave and I will both each individually match it. So let's say we make a hundred bucks, Dave and I will each match the hundred bucks and donate, you know, that money to a center on Halstead, um, big organization you know they do a lot for the lgbtq community here in chicago uh and friends of the show marty rosa and sarah shockey uh they've been donating to them for a few years now and you know so that was kind of just a good way for where i was like oh, okay i know this place is legit and, and credible and they do a lot of things so we're donating all the you know profits from there and last week we give a shout out to uh last two weeks actually we've been giving shout outs to everyone who's purchased a t-shirt well, this week we had uh, friends of the show, uh, Stephen Feast, Freeze, Stephen Feast, uh, Benjamin Parker, and of course, none other than the man himself who will join us on uh, the Jericho cruise, uh, Jesse Kohlberg, or is it Kohlenberg? You tell me, Jesse. Wink, wink. Yeah. Uh, but th- thank you to those guys, um, Dave. You you made mention to me earlier that we've uh, last few weeks we've forgotten to talk about some very special people close. Close to the PWT yeah. cast here. Well, you know, listen, in the in these urgent times that we're living in, some things were more pressing. Um, but not not that many things are more pressing than our friends and friends of the show and the people that have supported us since day one. So, um, yeah, I mean, we've got uh, M3 Toys, who uh, generously is donating a 10% off if you use uh, – code PWTCAST, and that's on Funko Pops, NECA Toys, 
just about anything, and I think it includes pre-orders, so and, head over to m3toys.com. And I know they've got a ton of new stock in. Uh, all, all weekend, they were, Monica and Michael, they were here late, busting their ass, you know, restocking, getting orders out. There's a lot of really cool shit. Michael recently gifted Oh, dude, he recently gifted me. Um, at least I hope he gifted it to me, because there was no money. Uh there's no money in, within this transaction, uh, but he gave me um, the Iron Man. You know, there's oh, the yeah. I'm like spoilers. The end of Endgame. Yeah, I'm like spoilers. I don't, if you haven't seen Endgame by now, I don't care. I'm gonna spoil yeah. it for you. you You're know? not a fan. Yeah, right before uh, Tony dies and he snaps. You know, the I am Iron Man moment. Glows in the dark. I'm, <sighs> I'm just waiting to take that bad boy out of the box. I think I'm gonna start taking my pops out of the box. Oh man, that's a that's a dangerous road. It's a dangerous road. Um, but, uh, but another, if, you, if you'd like to travel down that road, yeah, if you want to travel uh, down that road, yeah, use a uh, promo code PWTcast over at M3 Toys. Um, and another one of our sponsors, uh, Freelance Wrestling, you know, they've the official sponsor, sponsor. of the PWT yeah. cast, they've been there since day one. Um, I know they put up like a, a questionnaire the other day on, on Twitter, you know, if they ran a show, how would they go about it? Um, it's not happening any happening anytime soon. Uh, they just, they kind of just gauging interest. Um, but you know, if you can't be there right now to, you know, show us to physically support them, head over to prowrestlingtees.com. They have a ton of cool merch there. Uh, and if you want to check out some past shows, if you go to IWTV, use the promo code freelance, you got, I believe it's a free 20 day trial. Um, so go back and check out some of their matches. You know, there's a lot of fun shows. Uh, one that sticks out in particular is to me was uh, when Kylie came back and won the belt. It was just like such an emotional moment for everyone there, and it was just so awesome. Uh, so go back and check out some of their their older stuff. And Dave, uh, why don't you tell them about the last sponsor of the show? We've got uh, thecrypticcloset.com. Our boy Vinny, a uh, friend of the show and a member of the PWT cast, always chefing up some hot stuff he's got the cryptic closet uh, glasses with the bloody drip uh, he's got all sorts of uh, horror themed shirts some with some puns some are pretty scary um but i will say i want to highlight and i i know you've donated i've donated stupid michael has donated they're running a kickstarter uh for the cryptic closet 2 comic book which famously berto was on the back cover of um but if you head, head over to their site uh, or head over to their Facebook, they got a link to the Kickstarter. Um, but if you go to the site, crypticcloset.com, use code PWTCAST, you get a whole ass 20% off anything on the site. Uh, again, it's a whole ass 20%. Uh, just go to the crypticcloset.com and save. And listen, I just want to say I'm super, super proud of these guys. Like Julio, oh. Julio and Vinny, along with all the uh, and Moses as well, all those people who've been busting their ass for this, like they work so hard, you know. And like I last year, you know, I I did the tier where I, I got um my face on the back, and I did the same tier this year, and uh, you know, like it's it's one of those things where these two guys are my boys. They're always super supportive, you know. Vinny since day one is he's been like a, he's like the big brother. Um, yeah. that, you know, that I, he's always looked out for me and stuff and like seeing two people that are just so passionate about what they do, you know, it's, it's a huge motivator. It makes me, yeah. and probably, you know, I don't know, I'm pretty sure I can speak for yourself as well. Like when we first started this endeavor of like, just do it because that's, if Vinny has taught me anything, it's like, you fucking, you go for it. 
You go for it, and if you yeah. succeed, you succeed. And if you don't, well, then, you know, you try again. As cliche as that yeah. sounds, you know, but it, it is true. And, like, they put, mean, a, they put up this Kickstarter at noon on Friday. It's, uh, as of this recording, it's about 9 o'clock Sunday. They're at yeah. $4,300. Yeah, they're just shy of their goal. I mean, here's the thing, too. I sit next to Vinny uh, when I come in, and just listening to this guy, even – you know, as he's doing his work, his subconscious is just churning for this Kickstarter. And he just, he comes up with idea after idea. And, you know, unlike, like, I'll say it, I'm guilty of it. I come up with ideas for shirts and designs on a personal level, and I just never do them. Because, you know, I, I find excuses. I'm busy. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Vinny has hustled, and uh, so is Moses, so is Julio. And I couldn't be more proud for these guys because, uh, I mean, they're really knocking it out of the park. They got several different tiers with several different rewards, and I think they got some stretch goals in mind for you know once they hit different milestones. But um, dude, yeah, if, if they can, on this. if they hit six thousand dollars, which it looks like they probably will at this point, yeah. Uh, for anyone who d- donates seventy five dollars or more, you're gonna get one of uh, you're gonna get this cryptic closet, the the creeper from the the comic book, uh, a little plushie of him. Yeah. It's just adorable. I've, it's not even a little one. It's actually, it's, I've seen the prototype. I touched it. This thing is like, I was like, wow, that's pretty high quality, dude. It's, so, it's really high quality and super detailed. Yeah, uh, yeah and so, softer than a, than a, well, I'm not going to say what it's softer than. It's pretty soft. um but yeah so listen if you guys you know and hey listen if you 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 don't want to drop big bucks on one of the higher tiers no worries you know anything that you can't donate i suggest donating it because they're really good guys they're bringing uh well they're bringing back killer cross uh you know as they did for for the first one so there's a lot more talented people involved this time around it's it's going to be big. It's going to be really awesome, and you know, hopefully, uh, if there's ever a uh, horror house pop up too, you know, uh, you can physically buy it there. But yeah, I mean, if if you guys are, are fans of Julio and Vinny, who they have been on in the past, um, go back and listen to their episodes. You hear how passionate these guys are. You know, yeah. Julio's thing was just I want to write a comic book, and he did it. And you know he's worked for a lot of the bigger companies out there, including Marvel, which is just what the fuck, yeah. you know? Like as someone who's like, support, yeah, support independent artists, support creator owned stuff. You know what I mean? These guys are like, this is our stuff, and we own it, and we're putting it out there. I couldn't be happier for these guys. Yeah, exactly. So go support the boys over at the Cryptic Closet. Um, I've been, ah, man. I've, I've not, not been wanting perfect to. Perfect segue. Yeah, not a perfect segue, but uh, it's been real shitty week in wrestling. Not gonna lie to you guys, Dave and yeah. I, we kind of talk like, "Oh man, it, like it sucks." It it sucks that this has to be a conversation, but I'm glad that the conversation is being had. For those of you unaware, um, this week a lot of a lot of wrestlers have been speaking out, primarily yeah. women, some men, but. Uh, they've been speaking out on, you know, all the, I mean, to put it, you know, excuse my language, like all the fucked up shit that they've had to endure throughout their career. Yeah. Um, a lot of sexual abuse from trainers, from fellow wrestlers. Uh, and I, for one, like, I'm so proud of all these people because 
speaking out about something like that is never easy. No, it's scary. It's scary. Especially for the abused who they've been abused from a, a position of power. There's always the people abusing from a position of power use that to lord over someone to say, I wouldn't speak out if I were you. Uh, you might miss an opportunity down the road. And I mean, judging from some of these things that have happened, that's occurred. People have gone out of their way to blacklist people. Um, it's just been, you know, we've been talking about it, you know, me and Berto personally, but like, it's so sad. And this list has included people we've loved and respected. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's just sad. I used to, and I wanted to address this earlier up front, but I mean, like a big thing to me, a, like a really big thing in my life was the fact that I got to be one of Joy Ryan's penis druids that all in, you know, for those of you yeah. who've listened from day one, like it's all I, t- for a long time, it was all I talked about. And there's so many allegations out there right now. I mean, if I think you know which side I stand on, um, but like now that's just a thing that's like awesome. I mean, luckily for me, uh, I have, I still have a great memory from that night where Ryan Frank and I, uh, you know, we got to come out, uh, as a show was starting and throw t-shirts into the crowd and, you know, things like that, like that before I used to be like, Oh, one A and one B. Um, that's probably the one thing I'm going to remember now because it's, you know, it's just it's real shitty and it's tainted and again i'm not trying to make this at all whatsoever about me um but it's just and i know there's a lot of joy ryan fans out there there's a lot of fans of a lot of these wrestlers who are being called out right now and i hope that one i i hope that nobody listening has this mentality of like will show me proof because first off that's so fucking shitty don't be that guy. Yeah. Don't be that girl. Like, believe the victims because, and yes, you know, let's, let's take Johnny Depp, for example. When he was accused of a lot of these things and he denied it, denied it, denied it, people were on Amber Heard's side. They were on her side and they believed her and it came out she was lying about a lot of things, about almost all of it. So that does, in fact, happen. That doesn't that, but that doesn't mean that like, you know, anytime anyone's accused of something right. that you play that card, you know, like don't don't be that person. Well, and that's the thing. Whenever something is out, you know, in the trial of public opinion, you do this mental balancing game. Do I have to immediately assume someone's guilty, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, the Amber Heard thing is the exception rather than the rule when, when you're talking about people that have been abused um, and you'll always hear this good standard. Well, if it happened, why don't you just come out? Well, it's scary. If, if you, especially that's in real life, but especially in like the little fishbowl that is wrestling, everybody knows everybody. And, you know, wrestling has been described as a, you know, the old boys club. And if you're a woman that's just coming up and your trainer hit on you and they know people that know people, you feel powerless. You know, that's why a lot of this stuff has gone unsaid for years. And and now you're starting to see bigger names say, yeah, this is this is my story. This happened. 
Um, and a lot of people were saying anonymously, this somebody did it, and people started to put two and two together and figure things out. And then they said, fuck it, yes, this is the person I was talking about. But in, in this situation, especially in wrestling, there's nothing to gain from this. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it, it brings me back to when Bill Cosby, you know, during the whole Me Too movement, when Bill Cosby, there was no, first off, there was no shortage of like celebrities and stuff who were like, yep, this was a thing we heard about forever. Harvey and Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein, same thing. Like, these things happen. You know, yeah. Jeff Epstein, nobody wanted to believe what yeah. was going on with Jeff Epstein. And then the minute it did happen, you know, he goes to jail and then, huh, wouldn't you know it, when all his other fucked up racist friends are about to get implicated, he quote unquote uh, commits suicide, you know? Yeah. And, Famously in, in Britain, Jimmy Savile was like this beloved guy. People built statues to the guy. He dies and then comes out, he's a horrible pedophile. Yeah. I mean, these are things that are done because friends of these people have protected them from any, you know, blowback from any repercussions and part of that is because they take the the abused and they silence them they go to great lengths to discredit them and uh and that's you know use your head <laughs> no, no one wants to say oh i was abused but what fun what fun publicity i'm getting and so all it took was one person and all these dominoes started falling down and, and it's kind of it's sad that it happened, but it's good to see that now people are feeling emboldened to tell their story. And also, there's a lot of people that weren't aware this was going on with their friends. You know? Yeah. A lot of people that were friends with these wrestlers that just didn't know. They didn't hang out with them. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it, it's also fucked up. And we we dive right into it, you know? Of uh, in this week's episode, um, you know, we it, uh, off the top, uh, apologize for any audio issues we were having. You know, we had a lot of audio issues, um, so and I haven't edited it yet, but I'm gonna do my best to make it sound, um, yeah. as good as possible, you know, because, um, this week we bring back Effie and, uh, contrasting into the first time we had him around where we barely talked any wrestling. Uh, this week we talked quite a lot of wrestling, and, and he uh, was fired up. Oh yeah, you know, well yeah, like a little behind the scenes, you know, we we asked him, hey, you know, is there any specific thing you want to talk about? Uh, which typically, you know, with most guests we do, we never really have notes per se. Sometimes I'll have one or two things I wanna, I kind of want to bring up, but I always ask him, is there anything specific you want me to to bring up or you want to talk about? And you know, Effie wanted to talk about everything that was going on, and we get into it uh you know we get into that a lot of a lot of things that are wrong with wrestling um and i feel like effie's the right person to kind of talk about it with you know he's someone who right now is at the forefront of a lot of this change a lot of a lot of you know people don't necessarily know like how do we go about this change how do we and effie talks about it you know it's like we got to put different people in charge to get different perspective on things wrestling can't always be the same handful of people in charge of in charge you know yeah we're not not in carnivals anymore exactly like and why do we get into fucking rail i'm not gonna lie to you you rail in on the wwe 
No, a lot. I mean, which I'm not we, even, we like to stay away from. We try to I, stay away from, yeah, but... But we, sometimes you just got to bring it up. Exactly. And, you know, WWE is a perfect example of what happens when one person is left in charge of wrestling for yeah. as long as he has been. And, you know, so we get into a lot of that. Um, and towards the end, you know, we, we kind of we lighten it up a little bit. We start talking um, movies and, and TV which is a fun thing with Effie, you know, is what we did the last time around. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so, again, I apologize for any audio issues. I'm going to do my best to clean everything up and make it sound as crisp and as clear as possible. Um, but without any further ado, let's go ahead and uh, get into this week's episode with uh, Daddy of the Show, Effie. <laughs> So I don't know about you, Dave, but people ask me all the time, you know, because we've been podcasting for quite quite a while now. They say, what's been your favorite episode? Like, who are some of the favorite people that you've podcasted? And I always want to say Kevin Smith because technically, yes, yeah. like, but it was... There's only one true answer, though. <laughs> yeah, there's only one true answer, you know? Like, this man didn't make Clerks, but also Kevin Smith isn't fucking Effie. Uh, ladies and gentlemen... Uh, my favorite wrestler, uh, the internet's favorite wrestler, uh, Effie. Effie, how are you doing? Yo, what an introduction. <laughs> and I'll say it here, I actually wrote all rounds for Kevin Smith, so let him refute that one. Really? You wrote it for him? All right. Well, I know he's writing <laughs> <laughs> I know he's writing a second one. I hope you get some uh, credit for that one as well. It, I feel like I'm owed a little money, but, you know, what are you going to do? You just got to <laughs> That's true. I mean, he should throw you in, you know, in his new movies because um, I think off the top we got to address uh, Stank's Stank's birthday present from last last yes. week. Yes, I, uh, you know, I know you're doing a wonderful thing right now with cameo, uh, where you're you're doing these cameos and you're donating all the money. And me and friend of the show, Matt Nix, we saw uh, you do your midsummer speech or not midsummer, the hereditary speech, and. Yeah. You know, me and Nick being the goblins that we are, we're like, oh, man. like The gears started turning. Yeah, we're like, we got to get in on this. And you did what? You did a, a Jurassic Park one with you and Cranberry. Uh, you know, your, your wonderful dog, which was just awesome. But then you did the warrior speech for us, which I felt bad because it was pretty long. Yeah. And I, I was... Well, I was just like, oh, man, am I going to make him do the whole thing? So I was literally going to send you... you uh, you did exactly what I wanted you to do, which I was like, it's it's perfect. Yeah. You know, we threw it out into the universe and you did it for us. Um uh you know what? I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna leave this in. We we edited this. I had to edit this at this point. Uh we we had a phone call. Um but cameos, you know, you did the warrior speech for us and it was just awesome. And again, if any of you now have enjoyed the videos Effie's done uh and that he keeps doing, do it. It's it's worth the money. Uh a satisfied customer right here who can yep. talk about and a it. A satisfied recipient. Now, sometimes when we see some of these cameos, they're kind of half-assed, and you'll see a lot of people uh, kind of half in the bag when they're doing it. Effie puts his full effort in it. Yeah, like I'll I'll say it right now. We had a. Yeah, listen, this is this is real back though. A lot of people fucking suck at cameos. I just wanted to say, like, so far we're giving all the money this month to charity. So far we've raised over a thousand dollars. The uh, homeless black trans women's fund in Atlanta, Georgia, and all that money's going direct in. So it's been like it's awesome to not only see people like 
make me say funny stuff, but like we're actually donating some real money here. I've done a hundred of them since last week, and it's been, uh, and I've only turned down one. We just say mean stuff about them. I wasn't gonna do it. Well, yeah, clearly you're, you, you know, I mean, with most wrestlers, uh, pretty good at acting. And we can tell with you, too, especially like it came off with that first speech. I remember seeing it and I was just like, everyone was, you know, said, oh, Tony Collette should have gotten the Oscar. And I think Effie should have gotten that Oscar. I'll take the Oscar, but I'll also say I don't want anything from the Academy. I think they're a part of systematic issues within the system. If you're good at stuff, just do it. And, and people will notice. Just keep doing stuff. Wait, what, what do you mean? Uh, you don't think a bunch of old, out-of-date white people should be uh, in charge of everything? And, arts and culture? Yeah, arts and culture? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's getting to be a little tiresome, and like, especially in wrestling. We've still got people hired that were working the same job 40 years ago telling us how media is supposed to work in 2020, and at a certain point, it's embarrassing for them and for their companies. Time moves on. Just because somebody did something well in 1996 doesn't mean you should still listen to them. Which I'm, I'm a big proponent of. Like I, I didn't start watching wrestling myself till like 2004, and there was a lot of people who were like, "You should listen to this person because they did something really good in the 90s." And I'm like, "Okay." And then you listen to what these people have to say, and it's all very antiquated and like racist. Well, and yeah, so, sometimes some of homophobic. it doesn't date very well at all. No, not, not at all. Yeah, I'm, it's, you know, you can only, like, that's why I enjoy just watching anything non-WWE, because other people aren't afraid to, like, think, try. yeah, try, think outside of the box, you, you know, nobody, nobody likes change, but things have to change, you know, like, I mean, I guess we should just address it right now. Yeah, speaking of change. You know, things are changing right now with uh, everyone calling out pieces of shit within the wrestling industry, and... I think, you know, you're someone who can talk about it because you, you're in the wrestling industry. Uh, we aren't, but what are, you know, amongst the wrestling community, what what are some of the thoughts of all this, you know, of everyone being called out right now? Because it is really fucked, fucked up on top of people who are like, well, show me proof. There's like a, the, pe- the apologists. Yeah, the apologists are like, show me proof. Like those people are just the scummiest of the scummy because nobody should have to prove like these things. Like it takes a lot of bravery for most of these people to speak up about these things. I like, I know for me, me and Dave personally, like the worst has been prove it. And then you show, even if they do show, show proof, it's like, Oh, well, I don't know. You might've, uh, you might've been making it up. Yeah. Which again, to like, Is 
celebrities that we hold on pedestals, whether in wrestling or whether anywhere else, they're all on the same playing field now. And so some of this mystique has been lost. And not having to see the same people every weekend, not being worried about if your bookings will be canceled, not being worried about having to confront these people in person has given people more courage to stand up and say, yo, the stuff I was dealing with was trash and fucked up and should not be happening. And as people have spoken up, obviously more and more and more have spoken up. And it's very clear in the wrestling industry we have this issue that starts from day one where we are using young minds, we are teaching them that wrestling is this sacred thing, this magic art form that you have to respect and honor, and we're now abusing the trust of these people who have trusted us to bring them into something that has brought them joy. And that's the part that's the most sick. And I, I was talking with Mac earlier about it, and I said, do you think about how many of these people have been held back because of how they've been abused in the system, because of the way they've been told to keep quiet, because of the way we're supposed to keep secrets in wrestling, what were they not, not able to give us as a performer, as a person, as a friend, because they were so scared the whole time? And so, good riddance. Good riddance. Yeah, I mean, it yeah, is yeah. a lot of, like, I think the most disturbing thing to me, it's just the people that are just justifying or like we mentioned earlier, kind of just being apologists about the whole thing because it, it's e- it's easy for us as adults to say like, oh yeah, in hindsight, you shouldn't have trusted this person. You shouldn't have done that. But like how many, you know, we're all in, in direct, indoctrinated to think adults are the smartest people and they know everything and they're right. And like, ah, I don't know. It just makes me feel so scummy. Yeah. Like, like especially when you hear I was 14, 15 and like these these were adults. That like whole lot of adults who, who knew what they were doing and had a system in place to do it. You know, it was it's it's multiple people coming forward in a lot of these cases that is showing that this is systematic. And that's the worst part of it is you sort of go, What what part do you keep? What part do you keep? And I keep kind of pushing back to now is the time. Now is the time to diversify your roster. Now is the time to bring in people with outside perspectives, to bring in women, to bring in LGBT people, to bring in people of color, to give you these perspectives of these blind spots you missed, of these places where this was happening under your nose, whether you realize it or not, and make the changes so that it is safe again, because wrestling is sacred. You know what I mean? And to, to take someone's trust and abuse it that way, it's not the way wrestling should be, and it's not the foundation we're built on. And we're using concepts of trust that is built into wrestling as a whole, built into this business, built on a secret, and we're adding more secrets to it that are unnecessary. And that's like, we have to restart from the bottom and figure out who who we can even keep around and how we need to approach this going forward to prevent these things again. And open those channels of communication, because clearly these people felt silence for a long time, and they didn't have a place to go to. And so now it's like, we have to give them a spot where they can come guilt-free and not worry about their bookings or what they'll be said to and have a place where you can just say, this happened to me, let's corroborate and, and let's get these people out of here who are using the business in the wrong way. Yeah, like, I, it's uh, Cole Cabana, I believe, who's, who's said before in various interviews and even, like, in person, wrestling always seems to be about four or five years behind everything else, you know? And it was about four or five years where like people started coming out about them, you know, being in situations like this where they were taken advantage of. And it was the whole like me too movement. And like, I don't know. It's like you said, I personally, I think it's good. It's, it's a good idea to throw in different people, different minds, different way of just thinking about things. Like I think we're, but for the most part kind of over the, like, you which is why I admire you, you know, 
uh, you are a gay man and your character isn't, you know, like it. No apologies. Yeah. yeah. You know, like it's no, you're Effie. You're this. You know, I believe you called yourself gay Stone Cold Steve Austin once, which was like the the first like promo you yeah. saw. But yeah, it's that. You know, you're not gonna be like as they would like they portrayed gay characters before, just super flamboyant and just not taken seriously. Like, well, now and don't don't get it twisted, girl. I'm gay as a biscuit. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but it, I'm unapologetic about it, and I've learned in my position now that all these people who you thought had power as you start out in wrestling that you thought had this hold they don't have the power that they that they play onto and the more we grow and see that the people who didn't think they have a voice or had any role or had any place are going to take that power back and we're seeing it with the police we're seeing it with the government we're seeing it across the nation and wrestling is going to have to take a moment to say a lot of what we were doing is built on this lie for years and years and years it's built on this lie how do we remedy something that is so ingrained into this culture, we have to do it from the ground up and we have to protect the people around us. There are too many people around us that are in wrestling that are fragile human beings that are being taken advantage of and it's sickening and it can't happen anymore. I, I definitely agree with you. Like, yeah. I mean, David, you've got a daughter and I can only imagine, like, there's parents right now who probably have kids about her age, like, in training, you know, with their permission. And, like, with all this coming out, I can't imagine, like, the, you know, what do you do as a parent if... You're putting your trust in these adults who you think will take care of your child and and watch over them. And then here comes all this stuff out where it's like, oh, by the way, there's also a ton. Here's a list of people that are just like terrible monsters. I mean, like, I mean, you as a parent can probably speak more on that. Yeah, I mean, I know, at least personally, before I had a daughter, I mean, I was respectful of, you know, my wife and my mom and all that. But I'll be honest, I had a real blind spot about like a lot of the stuff that, you know, women and young girls go through daily. And then as a father now, I see it through a different lens. So, I'm, you know, I, I know uh, we were talking about blind spots for everyone, but, you know, that's that's a blind spot that got illuminated for me. And so, you know, now now I see the way girls get treated differently at school. Like I see how, you know, there's a, a big, you know, boys club with everything. And, you know, it's really nice raising my daughter to embolden herself and to think, Hey, there's nothing that that guy can do that I can't do, or there's no place that that guy can go that I can't go. But, you know, years ago, that wasn't the case. I mean, America's still young 20, 30 years ago, you know, it was a woman's place to be quiet and make dinner for their man. You know what I mean? So I, I, I think as we've seen like kind of progression and, people being allies to the marginalized. Um, I think we're starting to see a little bit more momentum uh, with people's voices being heard. And that's why, you, you know, this whole thing that started this week, it was one voice that spoke up and that helped others say, Hey, that happened to me too. And I don't want to let that happen to anyone else. And so, you know, it's unfortunate that all this stuff is happening, but it, it, let's turn that negative into something positive. So it doesn't happen to someone else, you know? And I think we we also have to sort of restructure our relationship between fans and wrestlers. And I'm not saying that we can't be friends. I'm almost saying we need to be more more friendly because these are people who have put us on a pedestal because of our performance, because we're entertainers, because we're in a spotlight. And realistically, yeah, we're good at a certain skill, but we are not any more human 
human or less human than anyone else around us who's paid to come to the show. Everyone has skills. Everyone has places where they shine. We can't hold these people on a pedestal and think that they have best intentions with me and that they're these magic people. They still shit in the toilet. These are still, you can't hold them to this pedestal. We have to create this conversation and this communication between fan, between supporter, between wrestler, between management, where everyone is safe to talk and nobody's better than anybody else. You're there to be entertained. You're not there to worship. You shouldn't be there to worship. If you were entertained by an Effie match, compliment me. Tell me. If you loved it, that's awesome. But we can't hold each other to a different level because that's where these abuses of power happen. These guys take advantage of the situation where they're in a higher position. And it happens so much because they take this little bit of power and they finally have something. And they ruin people's lives because of it. There's there's nothing wrong with interacting and talking with your fans. But there is something wrong when you take that relationship and use your power against a person who doesn't have the same resources or power as you within this industry. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's like you mentioned, it's a clear abuse of power. And I think as coming from someone who, I mean, I, I don't go to independent shows as much as I used to. But when I did, like the, the re- it, it's that, you know, you mentioned everyone's normal. I mean, especially with the amount of wrestlers that come in and, in and out the shop. You know, at first it's like, oh my God, there's you know, there's this person, there's that person. But after a while, everyone's a person. Everyone's just a normal person, and the relationships that, like Dave and I, that we've made through wrestling, I feel it's been on just like with you. You know, we told Nick we're like, hey, we really want to interview Effie. We got the chance to talk with you, and I in that interview, I don't even think I think we talked maybe like five minutes of wrestling. And then the rest was just everything but. And, like, we got to know you. We got to know, you know, the person behind Effie. And I don't think at any point were we kind of just, like, fanboying over you, which I think might have helped with us kind of developing, like, an actual sort of friendship. And I see that with a lot of other people that, you know, they they go to shows and they're friendly. They have an actual courteous relationship. And I guess it is just you know i don't know whether it's the locker room kind of just policing like hey man like it's that that relationship seems a little bit inappropriate uh or even like anyone listening you know like if if you know someone who's kind of like in one of the scenarios and things sound a little fishy you know it, it doesn't hurt to at least to speak up to give your two cents because like as shitty as it is to see someone going through those type of scenarios it's also real shitty seeing someone go through that and then thinking back fuck like I could have, I could have helped. I could have helped, yeah. and you know, it's like with guilt like that, it's it's never good mentally, physically. Like it's just, it's not good. But um, you know, you talk about inclusivity and stuff, which kind of want I wanted to I bring up. You were supposed to have Effie's big gay brunch during uh, WrestleMania weekend this year, um, which I really thought you missed the opportunity to call it uh, <coughs> the Gay One Climax, kind of playing off the G One oh Climax. <laughs> Sorry. Y'all just popped Max so hard. <laughs> so as we jump into this, this is good because I still wanted to make a point. I can make it with this topic, which is a lot of people say wrestling was homophobic. Wrestling was misogynist. Wrestling was racist. Wrestling was all these things. And I think of it on a different level. To me, the goal of wrestling for a promoter has always been to fill the seats and make money. And what is ref- 
reflective of our culture at the time. Even go back now and watch Will Ferrell in old school. That movie could not pass today. And that was only, you know, 15 years ago. There are things that have changed in our culture. And financially, it made sense for promoters to be a little racist, to be a little misogynistic, to be a little bit uh, rude towards gays or use them stereotypically because people paid to see that and they made money that way. But as our culture has shifted, there is not a financial incentive to holding on to these old ways. And the real promotions that are making it now are seeing that providing a safe space, providing a place where you can be yourself, where you can have a diverse roster and audience member. Now these times are showing that the companies that are with the times now and aren't trying to live in the past are actually the ones adapting best and true to pro wrestling because pro wrestling should adapt because pro wrestling's goal is to get people in the building. And if we can't provide a safe space, then we're not doing anything correctly and we will die. Yeah. So... Oh, no, with the gay show, the ticket sales were real hot for the gay show, and I was real excited. And it was building up, and I created this monster. I made it on a bet with Brett with at GCW. I said, I bet I could have the biggest goddamn show. I said, put me outside. We're doing the biggest goddamn show of the weekend. He said, okay, if you think it's possible. So we did it, and I think it was going to be a huge success. And it sucks that we don't have the platform now, but it's like also – Having the knowledge I have now, having more knowledge of more LGBTQ wrestlers that are out there, we changed the whole thing up. And I thought we had a good idea coming, but like maybe it's better that it didn't happen yet. Maybe we needed to get through this. Maybe we needed to go through a struggle. And maybe it's going to mean something even more when it does finally happen. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, is it was that was one of those shows like amongst a lot of like the inner circle of friends that I have that were going down to WrestleMania weekend. That was one of the, like the the shows that people actually wanted to go to because especially now WrestleMania weekend has become everyone you know putting on basically kind of like the same show, uh, right. just with like a different name. You know, this person's hosting this th- this card that's kind of similar to the one you saw or not going to see throughout the night. But yeah, yours stuck out, uh, and I mean, yeah, I, I guess kind of uh, on your point, it's I guess almost good that it didn't happen because. One, now you know there's people that want to go, the people that want this. It's not just, yeah. you know, oh, maybe maybe a few people want to go because, again, like, a lot of people were talking about it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, if you – if if when everything – and it's weird to say goes back to normal because I don't I don't think – When it's normal, right? When things yeah. are – yeah, when the status quo is – When things uh, calm down. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I definitely hope that you do another one because – it's like you said, we need more inc- I mean, we're, we're, it's just trying to figure out, you know, what's safe and what can we do. But like, it's, it's hard. It's, it sounds stupid for me to say this because my face is all over the event and my giant gay pictures on everything. But honestly, <laughs> my biggest bummer was that there's so much talent on this show that people would get to see a lot for the first time. And that was going to shine through and people pay attention during WrestleMania weekend. The industry pays attention during WrestleMania weekend. So to have that opportunity taken from everyone else that would have been on that roster, that sucks because I still got the clout. I got my name on everything. I wanted the chance to say, these are people that have been overlooked. I will get you in the building with my gay antics. Now watch my peers wrestle. They are just as good as everyone else, if not better. So I want that moment for the people that are around me, but we are getting a little more of that at other promotions now. And there's more promotions focused on, highlighting a diverse roster and lgbtq roster and they are benefiting from it like i said the times are changing the people that want to come to your show need to feel safe and if you can't provide that they're not coming we want to provide that 
what it's i'm i'm not sure who it was that said it but like it speaks to how outdated wrestling is when uh you have black athletes that dominate almost every single sport except for the one that's predetermined which is you yeah. know like the, i think aj Gray tweeted that and i was like listen yeah yeah because the, the it, fact is i mean you've made the point like every other sport it is it's lucky that a white guy can be as good like it's you've got a few larry birds here and there but but it, it it is sort of fascinating that you look at the largest wrestling company in the world and it's taken until 2020 to, to do anything real i mean 2019 to do anything real active with someone that has african heritage and that to me is so crazy because you know the reason they're doing it is because they're going well we might scare off some of our audience by putting the belt on a black guy who wants those people as an audience let them leave Take that yeah. chance. These performers are beloved by millions of people in this country, black, white, and every other race. Let them shine. Don't hold them with that ceiling. Yeah, I, I mean, even from just a pure business perspective, why would you want a fan that would want to limit how far you could go with someone? You know what I mean? Th those are the types of fans that, you know, wrestling fans are a big, happy community, but we, we don't need bigots or racists or any of that stuff in there. And I mean, exactly. it just... it. It hurts the already weird stereotype that some people have that aren't fans of the wrestling product. Well, well the, 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 a lot of people get comfortable, and, and sometimes we play to that audience of comfort instead of going outside of our zone. But from a pure business standpoint, why would you not want that new media coverage from black trusted media, from people that are paying attention to black media, into a new market that you have never been in before in today's America. It doesn't make sense financially. Morally, there's a whole other thing because it's a moral, reprehensible situation. But mm -hmm. financially, it doesn't make sense because black people spend money. Black people go to WWE shows. When WWE would run house shows in Tallahassee, it wasn't John Cena that was the most over person in that building. And you can call me on this and you can say it's bullshit. Our truth coming out at a Tallahassee house show will get a bigger pop than I've heard in most arenas because there are black kids who see someone who looks like them. They do not care that he is in the mid card. They care that they are seeing someone like them who is coming out, who is rapping, who is doing hip hop and who is a good performer. Pay attention to that stuff. It's just like they want to ignore the truth in front of them. I know personally for myself, like I, the, I'm Mexican and what drew me into wrestling was Eddie Guerrero and you know kind of I'm like oh, okay eddie guerrero you know he's he's my guy and like oh shit they have this other mexican wrestler in ray mysterio oh man this is so fucking cool and then shortly thereafter they're like oh and here are the mexicals and then like finding out like oh these aren't just three dudes you know like it's not just three guys you had no idea like what to do they were like legendary like very good wrestlers huge but, careers before they even touched that exactly and the easiest thing for them was like ah oh, well i guess let's just you know let's just group them together and have them be stereotypical and like every now and then like it was some or it was all over the internet where they were like oh vince mcmahon thinks uh angel guard is the next like eddie guerrero and that's something that i would always see where they're like oh they think this this new mexican wrestler might be the next eddie like and it's like why can't they just yeah like why can't they just be andrade or angel garza right. you know like why does it yeah, always it's limiting to Angel Garza, too, because if they say, oh, well, you'll be the next Eddie, then, then Vince is going to hear that and say, well, now act more like Eddie. Act more like Eddie, and you're going to miss out on Angel Garza, and that's what's crazy to me. And it sucks because you look at people of different backgrounds who've come through wrestling, 
And you know what? They weren't going to get paid the big bucks on the big screen unless they did this little song and dance routine. And it's very, like, old, shitty, racist vaudeville to continue to do. But, like, who's surprised when we're letting an 80-year-old white man who's absolutely fucking crazy and doesn't watch TV run the largest version of wrestling in the world? That's insane to me. I'm glad they got paid, but it's like, why are we playing his song and dance game? Exactly. Like, And at the end of the day, I get it. You know, it's his it's his toy box. He wants to play with the toys he wants to play with. But if you ever want to see just like how out of touch he is, uh, yeah, I would look at like SmackDown where their current the person who holds their title uh, was like the shitty dude who was complaining about indie wrestling, despite him probably only wrestling for a handful of years. But you've guys you got like very talented people in like Mustafa Ali, Ricochet, Alistair Black. Where it's like, oh yeah, you're cool, but Braun's really big. Look at how big he is. Yeah. <laughs> I know you guys advocate for a lot of really, you know, uh, things that mean a lot about mental health and just trying to help everyone be better people. But dude, look at how fucking big he is. He can he can push a car, and it's just like, oh, okay. It's like that's where you know, like that's where your mind is. But I mean, it's and that's why I appreciate independent wrestling. Um, like Dave and I, we talk all the time how we miss freelance shows because it's just like a really fun, you know, like everyone there enjoyed it. I mean, seeing you make your entrance was always, you know, one of the highlights because everyone loves Effie. Well, and it's like, it's a different mood in there and that's fun. And like the longer I've gone on in wrestling, the more I've sort of hardened myself to these contracts and to these companies, because what I'm figuring out is, I, and this sounds so fucking smarmy, and y'all can y'all can say he's being a diva, but I'm going to say it. I have so much to offer, and I think there's a lot of competitors that fall into this. And I'm not going to let a company take my clout because they don't have enough of it. And let me be clear. You watch WWE, you watch AEW, you watch Ring of Honor, whatever you want to watch, TNA, nobody's that fucking over. You can argue with me all day, but there's no Stone Cold, there's no, there's no Mankind. There's no Hulk Hogan. Nobody is that over. And part of it is because they take the lead from WWE and making sure that nobody's bigger than the company, which in a lot of ways helps them. But in a lot of ways that they don't even realize, it has hurt them tremendously. Because as soon as that old-ass motherfucking wizard undead with his Blue Lives Matter shirt can't walk his old knees down to the ring anymore, what the fuck are you going to do to pop ratings, you old piece of shit? Well, you'll bring in fucking Goldberg, who, who's going to concuss himself five minutes into the match i mean come on how how else are you gonna get that dirty saudi blood money we we gotta we gotta cut four million dollars so we can pay goldberg three million dollars to dick around looking like an untrained jackass in saudi arabia and then they fire half their fucking developmental let me tell you all how many good years goldberg has left negative (laughs) 20 well and see that's the thing you know vince mcmahon has been worried about declining ratings. I think that's a sign of the times that like you keep doing the old, same old stuff. You keep going back to the nostalgia and people just don't want to watch it anymore. I mean, you you have a more sophisticated audience that has so many other options to watch that are more diverse. And uh, I mean, it's very telling that they go to Saudi Arabia and they wanted Yokozuna on the card. They didn't even know the guy was dead. I mean, that's how behind the times, you know, culturally that area is at the moment. But you know, yeah, it's just, uh, 
watch, watching what's happening now on the current product for WWE, sometimes it's just, yeah, p- paying Goldberg $3 million and then cutting everyone's salaries and stuff is crazy. Yeah, well, like, and I also think about, oh, sorry, I cut you off. No, 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 you're I'm fine. Just, you're fine. You're fine. No, 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 no. They're, they're here to, they're here to hear think, you. The, the skill of WWE has almost killed itself because I think about, I still used to tune in for the pay-per-views, right, on the network. I have since canceled because I don't have fucking time for bullshit. But if you watch the pre-show match or the match, the little video right before the match where they tell the story, you don't need to watch six hours of weekly TV. You have no reason to tune in. You have mm-hmm. perfectly summarized exactly why I should care about the next 15 minutes. And there is no reason for me to tune in for three hours that could be condensed into two minutes. You have killed your television product by being too good at explaining it before the real deal happens. Well, it's just their whole... Like, you mentioned... So you mentioned The Undertaker. You know, the old magician in his blue lives matter shirt which it's awesome like i'm glad like i I know i have a lot of friends with like undertaker tattoos and i'm like oh man i'm like i know how how outspoken you are and how like how quickly you want everything to reopen up to go get that fucking thing covered up yeah but you think it's a a telling sign yeah you think about how from between was it like wrestlemania 24 to like 28 the undertaker Shawn Michaels and Triple H essentially just wrestled each other for this for you know whatever variation it was for yeah. like those five years, where before the Mania match with Taker was, you know it would make you it would, you know propel the Randy Orton it propelled the Batista Edge whatever, like yeah that's three you know three different people you could have kept you know making a year for those five yeah. WrestleManias whatever it was but instead it was just like fuck guys we're gonna show everyone how fucking cool we are. No disqualifying. Three teasers at the end of the line. <laughs> exactly. They're every. It's just all sledgehammers and pedigrees and like. Smoke and mirrors. Yeah, and now you see a lot of those guys where they're just like, "Oh yeah, fuck, fuck Dolph Ziggler." Like he wasn't over, and it's like, yeah, maybe, maybe Undertaker didn't have to wrestle Triple H f- at four fucking manias back to back. You know, maybe he could have <laughs> wrestled. Maybe he could have wrestled Dolph and. Maybe he would have gotten over. He wouldn't, you know. But there's a litany of wrestlers who they were like, "Oh, this is the next big." Oh, no, never mind. They weren't over, and it's like, yeah. yeah. But did you ever give him and a I, chance? I think the the big part is like, as someone who is pretty intelligent, I assume other people are intelligent around me, right? So, and I think the WWE fan has to look at themselves and ask if they're doing the same thing I was, which was, well, no, they're going to clear that up and they'll get to that, or they're going to do a big thing with this year, and. Once you have so many non-payoffs, it's it's hard to stay invested in anything. And there are so many times where you bring in somebody hot, they're showing so much promise, and then it just gets squashed out in favor of somebody who was a star 10 years ago and can pop your ratings by 0.3 for the night. It's sort of embarrassing for the company. And it's like, if this is the goal, if this is the almighty goal of wrestling is to get that big money TV WWE contract, then we're fucking idiots. Because... It's not going to get good. You know what? Cable's declining, not just because the product is stale, but because nobody watches cable. And I thought they'd be a little more ahead of the curve with the network, but they're fucking idiots. Nobody watches cable. And if wrestling doesn't move past that, it's not going to get to the next stage. I will sit here and sound like a crazy person until I'm right. But the fact is, wrestling will have a very large renaissance. It will have a big boom, and it will be a post-cable boom of mainstream stars that have never touched that company. And I can promise you by it. Maybe not next year, 
maybe not the year after, but it is coming and it is happening, and America will realize we don't need that shit. I we talked about him on the the last podcast that we did, but you know, you look at someone like Orange Cassidy who it's over. The guy's like wrestling Chris Jericho at like the next pay per view, and prior to AEW, it was it was that you know he did all like the independent promotions and it was a lot of like word of mouth, so people knew him that way. And yeah. it's still in like W, like you know, if he came into WWE right now, they wouldn't throw him on pay per view to you know to wrestle one of their big stars. They'd be like, well, well, he has to spend the year down retraining him, and then. Yeah, another year before we actually bring him up to to TV, and it's just weird. I mean, it's it's always just been weird to me. Again, once I got like a little bit older and smartened up, and it's just like, what, what, what are we doing? But yeah, I mean, hopefully there is that renaissance because, like, like you, I don't I don't subscribe to the network anymore. It's it's that way. Yeah. How many times? How many times are we gonna be like, oh, okay, they'll explain it the next night. I'm on no. You just oh this whole episode of Monday Night Raw you're just not going to explain it and it's like all right or it would often be like oh fuck I hope these guys are done wrestling they've wrestled five you know these five pay per views back to back and then they're like all right one more match and it's just like oh my god do you have a hundred wrestlers on your roster but it's the same four or five people that yeah. you know that you want to that you want to push. But like, even think about this, and, and this is, we're going in the positive direction, because you think about the wrestling fan in 1996, 1997, yeah, they had the alternative of if you really wanted to get any sharks on any tour, you know how much wrestling you watched, but that you did not consume the TV product, they'd look at you like you were crazy, because the knowledge just wasn't there. And now we have the internet, and it is just as easy for me to pull up an Undertaker match as it is for me to pull up a Jamie Senegal match. It's just as fast, it's just as quick, and it's just as easy to find on the internet. Why are we going to still follow these people who are stuck in their old ways when we have easier access to talent that is today and now diverse and their own selves without being told by corporate how they need to act and how they need to be presented? We're seeing freedom in the industry we've never seen before, and it's beautiful to see that people are pushing away from the mainstream and still finding that kind of vibe and happiness and entertainment in the same industry without having to go through that channel. That was the only channel we had. And I think a lot of it might have to do with just like some people, because I mean, obviously you and I and Dave, like we know of these things, but I often wonder like how many people just don't know because a lot of times like it'll be older relatives who know that I, I still follow wrestling. I had my uncle the other day. He's like, Oh, he's like, is Rey Mysterio okay? I'm just like, yeah. What, why? What happened? He's like, his eye. I heard he's uh he might retire, and I'm just like, what? Like what? Like what are you talking about? Like no, brother. Just, yeah, yeah and just, brother. Yeah, and I'm like, oh fuck, of course. Like this guy isn't on Twitter, uh, you know, keeping up with like, oh, contract talks. And often I wonder because you know, again, in some like in uh, New York or Chicago, L.A., like places like that people the fans are a little bit more smartened up but you know in bumblefuck you go to bumblefuck wisconsin do they really know of anything aside from wwe that's been the only thing again that they're aware of and this is like this is a big thing for me and i know it sounds like i'm like burn everything down and start over but burn everything down and start over here's what here's what i gotta say about wrestling advertising we are once again a circle jerk 
We know how to advertise to wrestling fans, but if we do not reach outside, we will continue dwindling. It is dwindling. We are a very small part of the population, wrestling fans. We don't have to be. And sometimes, instead of getting stuck in our own egos and thinking that our face on the poster brings people in, we need to realize what the draw is. All right, I've referenced this before, but there was a show in Georgia, in rural Georgia, that drew over 2,000 people because Honey Boo Boo was on the poster, okay? Do you think they were serious wrestling fans? Probably not. Did each one of them pay just as much as the guy in the Undertaker shirt to get in? Yes. Their money is valid. And I truly believe that live in person, if we can get people to come, whatever it may be that we have to sell to get them in the room, whether that is the snacks or the fact that we have air conditioning or there might be a live performance or maybe your friend's going to do the, the Pledge of Allegiance, we have to tuck our egos and say, just throwing 30 guys on a poster isn't selling tickets the way it should. What can we do? Fest Wrestling, the best poster they ever did and the highest drawing show they ever did. They did not put a single person on the poster. They put a poster up that said, Fest Wrestling, Party Wrestling, Cheap Beer, Come Hang Out, and had the info on there, and it filled the fuck out with college kids, with frat boys, with punks, with DIY kids, and we didn't advertise names. We have to get rid of the ego because we are not the draw we think we are. I am a draw, minorly. But if I need to fill a 10,000-seat arena, it's a little difficult. But if I can convince you to get in there because Honey Boo Boo's going to be there, it's worth paying her a grand so that everybody else's match actually gets watched by human beings. Did you, wrestle, mean, honey, yeah, did you wrestle Honey Boo Boo on that show? I wish I was even on that show. I wanted to meet her so bad, but now there's a whole like weird meth thing with her mom, so I don't want to get in the middle of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's... Yeah, I mean, you're right. When we have been talking a lot about, like, everything needs to change, but, I mean, again, with how everything is right now, things things do need to change. There's still a lot of, like, uninformed people. Myself and Dave, a few weeks ago, we did, a, we did like, a whole show kind of just addressing everything as far as how we view it, like, in our personal lives because there are still, like, a lot of people out there that don't understand what Black Lives Matter means. And, like, we talked about uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and Black Wall Street. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Black Wall Street. Yeah. But, you know, like we talked about that and like the number of people who are just like, well, we had no idea this was a thing. And it's like, yeah, that's the thing. Like all the important things in history that you should know, you you don't. I had no idea what like the trail of tears were. And, you know, it was just like a brief chapter in like my social studies books where they're just like, yeah, I don't, then this happened and. You know, everyone was okay forever. Native Americans and Americans were all fucking cool. That's it. That's the end of it. And then you do research yeah, and you're just like... Yeah, the fucking pilgrims and Indians. Lord have mercy. The, <laughs> the, the fucking church Thanksgiving play that we put up. Everybody says history is written by the winner, but let me be clear. History is written by the oppressor. And now we have something that circumvents human discretion and human direction. The internet has everything. So now you can't just be told by a white man in a suit that this is the way things are. You have the ability to go look for it. Is everybody looking? No. But they should be. And the more people that do look, the more we're going to change the outlook on a lot of shit. Not just in wrestling. Yeah, and I, and I, Dave and I, we were talking about this before we started doing the interview. There's a lot of people that don't like that. They don't like hearing that Christopher Columbus was a fucking monster because... Again, they've been grown. They've grown up thinking he was this, you know, person that came over and he, you know, he got everyone got along. He was the one person that got everyone to get along, and 
you know, they were like, yeah, sure, you can ha- just have all this land. Or you know what? Let's trade. You yeah. give us you give us these <laughs> blankets, and we'll give you fucking Texas. All right, buddy. Cool. Have a good one. I saw a white person the other day that was like, it was an oopsie that Christopher Columbus gave them smallpox. And I was like, y'all don't know how the Spanish Armada works, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it happens. Like, I get it happens a lot with, like, uh, at least with me, because um, I mentioned I'm I'm Mexican. I grew up around a lot of Mexican people. And I would often be like, dude, like, do you you understand? You look like, you know, you're more light-skinned than your cousins or you know these people from mexico i'm like because the spaniards came over here and you know it's like they came over here and they they yeah. raped these people so this is why you have those specific features as opposed to these spe- and it, a lot of times like no just not a thing no that's not it un- yeah. it's just like all right i'm sorry you know it's like i'm sorry you didn't grow up learning about these kinds of things but it's just well, to, to me, that, that's what makes change so hard to do is like all the horrible things that have happened and all the prejudices that are like baked into society that they're, they're wrapped around like comfortable things. Like, you know, I, I mentioned it last week. Um, I hate the Confederate flag, but I, as a kid, I love the General Lee from Dukes of Hazard, And, you know, it was a comfortable thing. I was like, I'll give that one a pass or, you know, buying Aunt Jemima syrup. That's that's a comforting thing. Breakfast is great. You know, it's, it's something we share with our family all the time. And it's like little little racism bombs, little bigotry bombs are wrapped up in the most comfortable things for us. Like Christopher Columbus, we sang cute songs about him. You know what I mean? And it's just all these little things that I think people are starting yeah, to come to terms. Comfort, comfort yeah. is the right word. And I love that you use the word comfort because for change to come, for you to look at that your belief system might possibly be wrong. You may have been given wrong information. You have to leave your bubble. And never in history have we had a time where we can create such a bubble for ourselves. You can literally go, I've had gay friends say to me, they go, I haven't even seen a straight person in four months. And like, it's funny out loud, but you can create that world for yourself where you are only confirmation bias continually. And to create actual change, change you would have to acknowledge it you would have to leave your little bubble and you would have to put in effort and people do not want to leave that comfort and so they're going well it doesn't affect me and we're past that point if you want to sit at home then that that's your right but don't expect pleasantries from us we're out here to do some difference making and there's also and there's also there's a lot of people that are like that now and they're eventually going to die out which i I think we're you know bring it back to wrestling i think that's what we're seeing with the wrestling fan that old fan that likes the old carny stuff they're just they're starting to die out and we just got to get the newer fan back in you know but the, i think to me the good thing is is like you're never too old to to be educated on something mm-hmm. you know like i during all this my mom was she was like like what's going on like explain to me what's going on with with you know with all the black lives matter stuff not that she had any you know she clearly was like no this isn't right what's going on but educate me and she's 60 and i informing her more on what's going on and you know it's again she didn't have like the opposing view she wasn't like all lives matter but she was just like I, I I don't know everything that's going on, and I know yeah. you're more educated. Can you just let me know what's going on with everything, and doing that? Because like I I have no time for like those like friends on Facebook who are just all of a sudden like you know oh defund the police. So you want no more police office? And it's just like 
Well, you fucking knew what defund, uh, you know, Planned Parenthood meant. So don't fucking tell me you don't know what defund the police means. Like, you can't pick and choose when you know what something means. And, you know, so it's like, it's a lot of that where it's like, all right, cool. I don't need to be, I, I don't need to be friends with you because clearly you've already made up your mind about this situation and me trying to educate you about this is just neither of us are going to go anywhere but if there's people in your lives that like want to learn like that's a big thing with me and Dave it's like let them teach them you know because it's at the end of the day if someone if you you know if you can change someone's mind even just a little bit and like oh hey maybe this is why you shouldn't say that word or maybe that's why instead of all lives matter what you really should be saying is you know black lives matter for these reasons and there's always there's racism you're not born with it you know it's you're, you're taught it it's the people around you you're the other community that you're in and so it might be a little bit harder for people that can't necessarily just like uproot and leave those communities but i i think like the the least that all of us can do is just like better educate yourselves because the american education system is so fucked all my canadian and british friends are so much smarter than me about like just everything that I'm like, man, I'm glad I like to read because otherwise, like, I would just be like, oh, why is everyone so upset about Aunt Jemima? Which, like, is one of those things where it's like, clearly this was always racist from the beginning. Yeah, and I think people people enjoy the attention, right? And and how do you get attention? You, you present a dissenting viewpoint. So when everybody is saying Black Lives Matter, when people are finally standing up, you're so fucking lonely and sad and no one wants to be around you that the only way you can get interaction is by being some fucking edgelord who's going to have some alternating opinion with pick and choose facts. And it makes me sad that they didn't have people to listen to them. They didn't have people to educate them. And now they think that reacting in this way that is so contrarian in their mind and getting them this attention and getting their little notifications up is, is just kind of a cry for help. And I don't think they could defend it educationally at any point but they're getting the attention they want and we kind of have to push away from that yeah for sure yeah i mean i've been as even from a kid i've never been a fan of like the police and all the police brutality and like i i might have seen it you might have been the one that retweeted actually effie that fucking lady who didn't get her like mcmuffin and she starts breaking down and crying and it's just like we need less of that because again, there are still people who are like, "Well, maybe we should," and it's like, "No, listen. This person is putting out this video to gain this like faux sympathy from people because there there's a lot of people who you know are either one way or the other, but it's that gray area. You know, it's that gray area where if if you feel a specific way about this subject, you probably aren't going to change your mind. But there's a lot of people who are again kind of just in the middle and like." again i've always it it wasn't uh, you know until all this started happening where i was like you know what i'm gonna just be more vocal about it on the podcast because if someone listening gets upset that i call their uh, you know their uncle that's a cop a bastard it's probably because he's a bastard and they know it but like it's things like that where as much as like social media is good for educating people no bad i i just that the police thing too it's like you know we can say defund the police but in fact it needs to be abolishing all of the police because we've got a lot of young men who came back from a war that didn't mean shit and they're angry about it 
and the cops are an easy job to get with security and a 401k and they can go continue their war run and i feel bad for these men in a way but i also will not accept this and will not allow just because there's a reason behind it to continue being there we have all this militarization in our country we have people who are are war pigs who are coming back from a useless war with nothing to do but continue their war path and the ego in the whole business is ruined. We have to think of different ways. And it's not radical to say that maybe the system we have in place is fucked up. No, I mean, it definitely is. Like, you can't, I mean, at least to me, there's so many, there's so many people that are still dying at the hands of police since all of this started, since George Floyd has died. Like, you know, police brutality has not stopped. Like, it's. No, they're showing out now. Yeah, yeah. Pick your video. Pick and choose which video you want to see of like cops abusing their power. To you know, it's it's disgusting. And like here in Chicago, especially like here in Chicago, you know, I I see more I see more police in specific neighborhoods. I'm I'll say specific neighborhoods. You can guess which people live in these specific neighborhoods, as opposed to if I'm downtown Chicago by Michigan Avenue, you know. And it's just like I grew up just not trusting any police you know and any and like i said it before any time i've actually needed the police there for any specific reason i've ne- they've never you know after they leave i've never gone huh well that was good that the police came it's always been like well what did i fucking waste my time for you know and granted i yep. haven't had to like call the police because like help you know someone just got murdered or anything like that but still, it's you know you're taught you're you know you're taught as a child like oh these people are here to serve and protect you, but then you get a little older and it's just like oh no these are all just like fucking little dick racist dudes. Yeah, and I mean who- it goes back to that confirmation, the confirmation bias of the real problem isn't that we're noticing that there's police brutality and there are all these issues. The real problem is that the news that is being watched by the majority of our our voting population in this country is so confirmation bias and so set and continue making them feel like they're they're the ones who are actually going out and voting we have to show them what's really going on because there's not much they can do to refute what we're actually seeing we're looking at it though from our perspective in our media these people don't go outside their media they leave it on one day you can fucking guess and then they go vote with hatred because they are told to fear all of this stuff and they are told that why would the police be but you've been told your whole 70 year old life that the police why would that change now and it's because so tell old people show them they can change and if they can't we're waiting for you to die i don't give a shit uh, sorry it's I mean, i'm at that point like i don't talk to my grandparents anymore because they're so fucking old and ignorant and it's like at what point you just have to cut your losses you can explain yeah. things carefully you can tell them nicely you can show them the facts and they're gonna believe what they want to believe because it would be inconvenient at this age to have to change a 50 year old belief system even if you know you're wrong uh effie as we kind of wind down here um one of the big talks that we had last time that we had you on was uh how how much you loved going to the movies how you took advantage of your uh, was it like your AMC Stubbs card and yeah, just go, it. go and watch it. But we're we're in an era now where like movie theaters might not you know they all say they're gonna come back, but it's not sure how how it'll be once because no studio wants to put out a movie. You know Marvel spent all this movie all this money making like Black Widow, but how much of it are they really gonna yeah, make if you're on Disney? Yeah, if you're only allowed 30% of the people that were going to go see it, um, 
So I, I mean, you know, myself, I'm a freaking moviegoer, so I, so I wanted to get your opinion. Like, once movie theaters start reopening, like, how quickly are you going to to start going to the movies again? Because I know for me, like, I think Marvel movies are pretty much the only thing that's going to get me like out of my house to go to the movies because you know like i don't know where the fuck any of these dirty people have been like i always try to get seats away from people as is but especially now where i'm like well fuck where the fuck was this guy or gal and why aren't they wearing a mask yeah yeah um i'm gonna put on a hazmat suit and i'm gonna go see tenant by christopher nolan i, I don't yes. give a fuck <laughs> i'm so ready yeah and here's the thing like when I go out in public, I understand the concerns of coronavirus, but especially now, and Matt can back me up on this, in Atlanta, Georgia, ain't no motherfuckers wearing masks no. except for me and my boyfriend out of the park. And <laughs> I'm willing to take you know, as much precaution as I can, but y'all got to wear these fucking masks. Holy shit. There's been more cases than ever. I mean, it's ignorant that I'm driving up to Indianapolis right now to go wrestle, but I feel like we've taken a lot of precautions. The fact is, like... I go to the grocery store and I'm all masked up. I'm wearing long sleeves. I'm not trying to touch shit. And these people are just hanging out. It's fucking crazy to me. I don't want to sit next to them at the movies. I'll pirate that shit if I have to, but I do love a movie theater. God damn, I miss it. Just the dark and the big screen and just yeah. leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, like I I enjoy going to the movies as well. Like a lot of people, and that's always like one of the annoying things where I'm like, oh, I went to go see this movie. They're like, oh, me too. I'm like, oh, what theater? Oh, no, I just pirated it. I'm like, I get it. Some people, that's how they want to watch movies, but I enjoy actually going to movie theater, like right. kind of bringing it back around to hereditary. The first time I went to go see hereditary was like, it was like a Wednesday night. It was big auditorium, three people in that auditorium, Hell yeah. myself sitting all the way in the back and an older Asian couple that sat all the way in the front, like literally the front. And that was it. And just <laughs> as much as like intrigued as I was about the movie, I was way more intrigued as to why they picked like the two seats in the middle right at the front of the screen because I was like the whole theater is empty. I mean maybe they just had bad vision because they were older. Like, they were like they were to feel close to Pima. Probably because I'm like like I'm watching Tony Collette's speech and then like I look down at them and I'm just like what the f like that has looked so much cooler up there like leading back all the way. I I just I love Tony Collette. God damn. I, I mean, I miss it, but also this, this, can you still hear me? Yeah. We can hear you. Okay, good. This pause time, I've had time to go back and watch movies that I've missed. And like, yeah, I'd prefer they, they're not in the home theater thing, but I also like have the time to watch these films. Now I can cuddle up in my own room. I can get my own snacks and like can watch a movie I missed in 2007 that I understand much better as a 30 year old than I would have as a 17 year old. It's, it's great in that aspect. Cause it's not just the new ones. It's like, I've had time to really watch some films. What are some, what are some uh, films that stuck out to you? Like you've gone back and rewatched. was like, I don't know myself. I've, I've started the leftovers, you know, during this downtime and, yeah. I, ha I had no idea it existed until you know after Watchmen everyone was like you should watch The Leftovers and like now I'm all about it and because it's only three seasons I'm trying to like contain myself and not just blast through the entire thing but uh, like what have been what have been some stuff that you, that's been you know that you've been watching during this pandemic so I the one that sticks out to me the most is I rewatched Inside Lewin Davis starring Oscar Isaac Great and film. it didn't really kick with me at first but yeah, that movie fucked me up the second time. And like it really on an artist level connected with me about how like 
you can you can be all, all as talented as you want. You can be all these things, but like human decency will take you there. And there's no shame in being decent to other humans. And it takes him so long to figure this out. And then the little secret journey with the cat, and I won't spoil all that, but that the moment you find out about that cat's name and the return and everything, it just it hit me different that time. And I've also so I've taken the time to finally watch Westworld and girl, it fucked me up. I binged three seasons of Westworld in about four days. Holy shit. So good. Dave and I, for for when the whole time of season three, when that was going on, this was essentially the Westworld podcast with like a little bit of everything else thrown in there, uh, which I'm really happy for that because I remember telling Dave, like going through the first season, and I won't spoil it for anyone out there who hasn't watched it, but like when you get to like those last few episodes and you're just like oh yeah. fuck you i saw what you were doing Honestly, this whole time by the time you're watching tessa thompson in season three it's such a <laughs> level of acting that i can barely comprehend but it is so incredible to watch and that doesn't spoil anything but like for her arc and her growth and the way she acted through those seasons it really fucked me up and that's not taking away from anybody else in that show who is all fantastic and like i think it's jeffrey wright's fucking shining moment in life uh tessa thompson that third season it really clicked for me and i was like holy shit this is so goddamn see what what i love most about the third season is the way it ended like it literally leaves you a possibility for like a whole new world a whole new world where it's either you can you can pick up from you know right where they left off or you could just be like hey this is a thousand years into the future and this is what's going on now you know, because I don't want to get into spoilers, but just because of the way it ended, like there's so much that could have happened that I almost hope that like they're spending this time, like really write it out. Cause I mean, I, I loved all three seasons, but this third season, it did for kind of feel a little rushed. If I don't know how you felt about it. it like, well, I, I think I'm going to disagree. And I think if you look at the three season arc, to me, wrestling needs to take something from that because you take something where half the time you're watching it, you're going, this is very confusing. And then when things click, you go, these writers actually paid attention. These writers told a complete story. These writers had levels built into this that I didn't even know existed yet. Why are we scared to do that in wrestling? Because we're the lowest common denominator, because we're supposed to be for the dumb fans. We have fans that are very intelligent, that could understand things if we got a little more complicated. I'm not saying you have to go Westworld level, but look at the respect that show gets as a form of entertainment versus a Monday Night Raw. They're both filling TV slots. There's no reason you couldn't create a more sophisticated product using what you're using and telling bigger stories that would make sense if you had the wherewithal to pay attention up front and build a story start to finish before you just rushed it to the screen. Yeah, there are a few things better in entertainment than that feeling of, oh, I see what you did there. And like unpacking it in your brain, like you go back and you're like, I see all these little breadcrumbs that I didn't even know I was picking up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and and that's the that's the mark of a true written piece with thought. Like, like you were saying, like there was thought put into the beginning, middle and end and uh there's really it really shows care for the people watching and it's something unfortunately we seldom get in mainstream wrestling right now yeah absolutely have and you, i think it's um oh go ahead no i was just gonna ask have you watched uh, the show david all uh, on fx i have not watched it yet i've heard only fantastic things yeah yeah so it's uh i'm ready it's really good specifically and again without getting into spoilers like the last episode 
where it's you you kind of see you mentioned you know you have the arc that it starts building in episode one and there's which is crazy with as much tv as there is out there that like it doesn't you know that they don't always hit the landing but by the time you get around to the last episode the last few minutes of it it's just like holy shit like i i get goosebumps i rewatched that last episode from time to time because it's just it's told very well and you know but going on what you and, and dave say like if you were if you reward people for investing their time because that, that's the thing nobody we have such little time nobody wants to like oh invest you know six seven hours into something only to be told ah well sorry we kind of just half-assed it like only to be told breakfast it's a new champ <laughs> exactly you know but like i remember again sitting through the show and by the time same thing by the time they got to like the last episode it's like oh okay i get it very much with um you know like in westworld you mentioned like tessa thompson you see and like you i, I wish we could talk about tessa thompson's character specifically but it would spoil a little bit of stuff but uh we'll go with the man in the black you know you see how how far yeah. he's come from literally the first episode to all the way then and it's just like oh no like i don't think there's help there, there's no helping this character because we've seen everything he's gone through everything he's lost just the the character how how much it's changed again from like the very first moment that you meet him till now and whether yeah. whether or not he's coming back for this next season will be interesting just based on certain things but like all i want to see is what the fuck happens next with this character because again like you and I've invested what three seasons now into this person, and like I don't feel like they ever dropped the ball specifically even with that character. So, just seeing where they could go with that, you know, with that now, it's like just do it. I trust you guys. I mean, specifically with Westworld, I believe they they came to HBO with like the first five seasons of the show, and we're like, this is what we want to do, and they just let them. They greenlit it. That's that's fantastic. And but like I think of it this way, Westworld's not apologetic about being confusing and they expect the audience to have to work a little bit to keep up. And I think we can have it both ways in wrestling and I've kind of always tried to do that where like on a surface level if you just show up and you're drunk and you see me come out it'll be a great time. But if you're the invested fan who wants to go deeper, I want that deeper level where you can look into it and you can feel like there's more dimensions to this character that you're sort of unfolding. There's there's something very sad satisfying about finding out something that you don't think everyone else knows and figuring those little things out we can't be scared of that in wrestling there's no there's no negativity to having depth in the ring and having depth to a character everybody says oh well say your gimmick it should be a sentence long and like what a sad statement to to sum yourself up in a sentence when you can be so much more and still kind of fill that role of just being the wrestler on the surface for those people that need that no yeah and like touching on, on what you're saying with that it's for someone to think like that because and we've you know for anyone who's been to an indie show like it's it's very evident sometimes with this person they're they're just playing wrestler you know they don't really know yeah. who they are yet and that's fine it's always they're discovering themselves but when you see someone like you who you know like i i always think of like when people say like independent wrestlers like yourself and even like Ethan Page, who are two people who you guys have spent so much time, like this is who I am, this is unapologetically who I am, and you're either gonna fucking love me or you're either gonna hate me, and yeah, like I'm not, you, you know, like I'm never gonna be confused as to who like either of these two characters are. It's like, oh no, this is who they are, and again, that's why like 
like Dave and I say, you know, whenever people whenever people ask us like, oh, like, what are some of your favorite, like what's the favorite episode you've recorded? Like I genuinely mean it when I say it was the one that we did with you because, you know, it's like there's little bits of these, of this character that, you know, we, we see in your wrestling, but then we get to sit down with you and talk with you and, and just hear, and it's just like, oh yeah. Like for all intents yeah. and purposes, the character of Effie is just, you, you know, turned up to, to 10 yeah. or whatever it is that they say. Yeah, I mean, wrestling can be so much more than just moves. And I think it that's... It has that's, to be. Yeah. All the moves have been done. <laughs> yeah. Better than you. Someone did it better than you. So just stop. There's 100,000 moves. You pick six and build a story. Let's do this thing. You know, yeah. Don't get so fucking stuck in your routine. That's where you get stale as fuck. I look at somebody like Danhausen. Danhausen is one of my favorite stories in wrestling. And not everybody knows the whole Danhausen story. And I don't care. I'll tell it. He was wrestling in Florida... He was generic as fuck, looked like CM Punk with his tongue cut out, a competent performer. But when he got out of Florida and sort of took a pause on his life and made some changes, he was like, holy shit, I think finally get it. And once that clicked and he was able to become himself as a character and take this up and be as weird as he wanted and not be worried about what people are thinking, if he's weird, people were able to connect because there was a commitment to himself in that character. There was a commitment to saying it's okay to be weird weird even though i think wrestling people might think that's strange and he found that caught around with people he wasn't always big Danhausen. he was at one of in Danhausen house as fuck and i'll say that to him because we wrestled each other then but look at him now you have to enough pride in yourself and be committed enough to yourself to where other people don't feel like they're just supporting someone who's playing dress yeah uh effie we've we've enjoyed having you here um at some point when when all this is over and again shows and things start to go back to normal yes. uh we got to record a third episode with you because since we've last spoken Please. like we talked we briefly mentioned like aliens last time like since we last talked uh the government was just like yeah hey there's aliens and we're like shut the fuck up there's killer bees and uh goddamn pandemic virus and all this stuff like we don't care right now yeah, they slipped that one out quick didn't they exactly yeah, they sure did. <laughs> so the next time yeah we'll, we'll have to get into the dimensional travel too because that's a big component to these aliens exactly yeah and they confirmed they're like oh there's like a there's an earth two somewhere out there like just so much has happened uh but so again so there'll definitely be a, a, a part three and it'll be all three of us together in the, in, in the room. We apo- apologize Perfect. for any audio issues we've had on, on both ends. Um, but Effie, where can people find you online? Uh, Twitter and Instagram. I'm Effie lives. I'm on pro wrestling tees. Effie lives. And I'm on Twitch now. It's been fun as fuck. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Effie lives. I'm live like 10 hours a week. So come hang out. It gets weird. It's fun to kind of explore being live and improvisational for like three to four hours. Cause it gets a little rowdy in there. And I think people get to see like a whole exposed real side of, of Effie just living live reacting. Well, Effie, uh, thank you for taking time. Uh, are, are, you know, you. you're on the road right now heading to wrestling. Hope, uh, hope you guys all stay safe there. Yeah. Um, the one day in the last three months I'm on the road. We're talking. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> no, but it's okay. I mean, like we mentioned Dave and I, you know, we figured it father's day. There's no one more appropriate to have on than Daddy, Effie. Yeah. Go hug your daddy, and if you don't have one, find somebody who's sweet to you and celebrate them. All right, Effie. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, dudes.
thank you again to the wonderful Effie for that. Um, you know, I, I almost halfway contemplated. That, that, that was a deep interview. Yeah. Let's look. But you know, that's, it's like I told him, you know, that's what I love uh, about our, in, but anytime you get to record with him or just to talk to him in general, you know, when we pull him aside, yeah. like at freelance shows and, and get to talk to him, like he's such a, he's such like a cool person, you know, like Effie, like, you know, he's, he's just one of a kind. Yeah. I mean, even when it's like a heavy topic, it's like a breath of fresh air. So you, you know, you're talking to, to good people when that happens. So, yeah. And, you know, the thing I admire the most about him is he is passionate about what he's passionate about. You know, you, you hear it yeah. and you, you hear him. Like, he talks he talks about how, like, he's just, he's not putting up with any more of the shit. And, like, good. That's, you know, that's who I want fucking. We need more of that. Yeah, we need more of that. Um and yeah, look, listen. As soon as as soon as you know, freelance comes back and we get to to see him again, we're definitely gonna record with him again because, um, yeah. I mean, if it was listen, I'm, I don't know about you, Dave, but it was up to me. He'd be the third, you know, he would be the third host of this podcast. Oh yeah. Well, fourth. Like, I'm the regular. Listen, if it was up to me, it'd be a round table of, uh, you, me, Effie, and cousin Jeremy. Oh, what <laughs> what a motley crew that would be. Right. Oh god. That, that's all I want right now. Um, I actually, I forgot to mention earlier, and you know, just, well, because we brought up the leftovers, uh, Justin Thoreau. Like, I'm, I am really, really fucking enjoying um, the leftovers. Like, shout out to a friend of the show, Kelsey, uh, the wonderful Kelsey, for putting me onto the show because, like, it's just so fucking good, and I'm like yeah. bummed because it, it only ran three seasons, and I'm almost done with season two and it's like oh no i don't want this to finish but yeah the like, end is coming <laughs> yeah but like justin thoreau such a good actor and only makes me hate the last jedi that much more because uh for those of you unaware he he makes a cameo in there as like uh, when they're on that weird casino planet he's like the the dude that they're supposed to go find but they go to jail and they get Benicio del Toro instead. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like a brief cameo with him in it. And like seeing how good of an actor he is in this, I'm just like, awesome. Fantastic. I'm, I'm glad you guys got an actor of that caliber and used them in a role that anyone could have been in. I think you had Benicio del Toro like just sleepwalk his way through. Well, I mean, listen, to be honest, the role that Justin Thoreau took, should have been Lando Calrissian. Like, I was under the impression the whole, that whole, you know, like, oh, they're going to go to this casino planet. There's this big time gambler, huh? I'm like, oh, I'm reading what you're putting out. Um, but I guess I wasn't reading what they were putting out because, yeah, they had Benicio del Toro kind of just, you know, like yeah, you said, he shuff- was there. Yeah, he was there, kind of shuffle his way through. Um, yeah, he recited his lines. Yeah, which is fine, but uh, yeah, it's I'm, I'm very disappointed. He he's an actor. I, I hope to to see some more of. Um, and he's handsome too. Boy, is that guy good looking? Yeah, boy, is he good looking. So f- funny enough, uh, uh, listen, Justin Thoreau talk with Scrump and Stink. I yeah. I remember him being in a few episodes of Parks and Rec, and so like uh, I was looking it up just to be sure, and apparently. 
uh, he the episodes he, he was in fact in uh, Parks and Rec. I believe he like dates Leslie Nope uh, for a few episodes. Um, but the character of Leslie Nope, she talks about how like oh Jennifer Aniston always switching husbands, huh? Justin Theroux oh. was married to Jennifer Aniston uh, until he wasn't because they get divorced, which is just it's funny foreshadowing. Imitates life exactly, yeah. Um, David, I'm, I'm excited though. The this is uh, this will be the last episode that I do with you, ironically, 47 before I turn 27. My my birthday's is Friday. Um, oh, yeah, I'm, how does it feel? Uh, you know what, 26 was pretty fucking awesome. Like, I always heard of uh, what do they call it? Um, your golden birthday, yeah, yeah, um. 26 is fucking great you know um got to do i got to start this podcast with you i've got to meet a lot of cool people and make a lot of cool friendships through this through through this show you know i got to be on the back of a comic book um i was there to see you know my friends you know with the horror pop-up i got you know we got to be part of that we got to do a live show um like met you know i got to podcast with kevin smith uh the litany of wrestling shows that you know you and i went to uh like a lot just a lot of really cool stuff you know my nephew uh you know they're both healthy i have not gotten covid yet hopefully at all um this studio that we've got that you know we're, we're slowly but surely building together just a lot of really cool stuff at 26 and i don't want to cut you off speaking of the office I think we convinced Ryan to put a bat pole in the office. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's some construction so, going on. Yeah. We're sitting there and, and they're adding a hallway. So the, the reconstruction of the office continues, which is fine. But he's sitting there and he's, he's talking about it. And then, you know, all this news is hitting and, you know, he's upset by it too. You know, he said, he's like, fuck, what is going on? And then, <laughs> I was trying to lighten the mood up and say, so I guess it would be a bad time to ask for a bat pole in the office. He's like, what? And he's kind of annoyed. I think, you know, like a, like a fireman's pole. He's like, why? I was like, so we could get from the top to the bottom quick. And then something changed in his mind. I could see his eyes lighten up and he goes, no, I've always wanted one when I was a kid. I think we should do it. <laughs> so Which- I don't know if he was sarcastic or not. Which, like, for those of you who know Ryan, uh, the reason that I'm currently looking out into a wrestling ring is uh, because that's something also that he wanted when he was a kid. Uh, much like a lot of the things that he just buys or owns, yeah. just things he wanted as a kid. Um, oh, shit. Speaking of kids, I uh, I got to meet uh, my new niece, you know, uh, my oh. cousin Elisa and her, I keep calling her fiance. I'm going to just call her her husband. I mean, they haven't gotten yeah. married yet, but... Her husband, my best friend okay. Ivan, uh, they had a baby uh, almost about a month ago now, and uh, I stopped by. You know, again in in, uh, in classic, like I try to be that uncle that's like, oh, I'm gonna fucking spoil the kid out of the, the shit out of this kid. Like I do it with my other nephews all the time. Like Frank calls me like Rich Uncle Berto, um, but it's because I try to buy the love of all these kids so that when I'm old, they'll take care of me. You know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but like I went and got a lot of like cool like uh, Elisa she's super into Jurassic Park super into dinosaur stuff 
So I bought a bunch of like dinosaur themed stuff. Some of it was for boys, some of it was for girls, but like it's all gender neutral. It doesn't matter, you know? Yeah. A lot dinosaurs of, are for everyone. Yeah, dinosaurs are for like, everyone. There's a lot like of Exactly. But there's a lot of really cool dinosaur shit that I bought her and just, you know, really cute baby. I'm really happy for those two because like I've literally been friends with them probably longer than I've been friends with anyone else. And they've been together for so long and just happy, happy seeing friends happy, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, uh, you guys, thank you for everyone who stuck around. It was a little longer of an episode. Uh, again, apologize for any of the audio issues. Uh, you know, we'll be back next week with another fun episode. Um, but unfortunately, it's about that time of the week where I've come to the conclusion that I've run out of things to say. Yeah, I think I'm done too. I, I don't have anything else left to say. Well, you guys, I'm going to go to my room, put up my brand new uh, Marvel calendar that's about halfway through the year because they bought it for like 50 cents because that GameStop had it. Uh, but until next week, you guys, I've been Scrump. And this is Bank. And this is friend of the show, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega here, friend of the show. We've run out of things to say here at the PWT cast. And so I must bid you adieu. Goodbye and good night. Bang, bang. <laughs>